Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Guardian. You know, I saw my mom's best friend die in childbirth labor for four or five days. You know, the suffering was acne. And also I saw my childhood friend uh, die to diarrhea. And one day I lost three friends uh, to diarrhea. Dr. Sasa was born in a remote village called Leilen Pai in Chin State, Western Myanmar. His grandmother gave him the name Sasa, which means higher and higher. To this day, he doesn't know his date of birth. All he knows is that he was born in the kitchen of his family home. This is the norm in villages like Leilen Pai. With little or no resources dedicated to educating the population, many people living there go their whole lives without ever knowing what lies beyond their village borders. Dr. Sasa was determined to be the one who got on. At a young age, he experienced personal losses that would drive him to travel miles away from home in order to complete his studies and become a doctor. He has since gone on to create Health and Hope, an organisation that trains hundreds of villagers to become community health workers. It was created in an attempt to fix the critical situation of malnutrition and countless other illnesses across the region. So like 12 in the midday, there's no lunch and people will be very hungry. And then so we just run to the jungle and find out something to eat in the jungle. So it's just a, a very difficult place to grow up as a child. This is Small Changes, a podcast about how sometimes the seemingly smallest change can have the biggest impact. I'm Lucy Lamble. When Dr. Sasa was growing up, there was no such thing as a local doctor, nor a medical centre that those who were ill or injured could visit. Life in Leyland Pai was tough. People have about 10 children or 11 children, 12 children, and the children will look after the children. And your mum and dad will be in the field, and then uh, you have to look after the younger one. And the school that our time was built by bamboo wool, and then so chicken also come to school, maybe cow can come to school, and pigs and all are running in your school. So that is called school. So we grow up there, and then... Half of our time will be maybe spent in the jungle and maybe half of our time will be in uh, in school. And, and so, so like 
many families uh, will not be able to afford uh, food for their 10 children. So like 12 in the midday, there's no lunch and people will be very hungry. And then, so we just run to the jungle and find out something to eat in the jungle. So it's just a, a very difficult place to grow up as a child. And also you see so many of your friends die to malaria, die to diarrhea or to you know, enter. And no hospital, no running water. No road and no electricity, so you have to study maybe by bonfire. In our child school times, it's like we you go to the river, you get uh, some rock that's colorful, that is your pencil. And maybe you get a piece of rock, that is where you write ABCD and alphabet, and we begin with rocks, not with books. So it was very much of self-sustaining thing. So tell us about your parents. Did they have formal jobs? About 99% of the people there are just a farmer. That means that they work 12 months in a year and like seven, like six days a week. And from the sunrise to the sunset, they will be in the farm, which is about maybe 10 miles or nine miles away from you. So they will go to the farm from Monday and will come back by Saturday. They are not living, they're just surviving. And had your parents had the opportunity to go to school themselves? Oh, my mom, uh, they have no idea of uh, how to write and read and never go to school, my mom. And my dad told me that he went to school only one day in his lifetime. Right now in my state, his Chin uh, State is about 1,400 villages. But the high school you can go to is about 40 places. And just imagine those 1,400 villages, you know, at least I'm talking about 200,000 children. School is not where the people are, where the children are, so. Considering the lack of resources for those who wanted to continue with an education, I wanted to know why Dr. Sasa decided so early on that he wanted to be a doctor. I became a doctor 10 years ago. I was a happy boy and I was by really happy chasing the birds in the jungle. I was happy climbing the trees and I was happy going to the rivers and catching small fish. But it was just my heart was broken. You know, I saw my mom's best friend die in childbirth labor for four or five days. You know, the suffering was acne. And also I saw my childhood friend uh, die to diarrhea. And one day I lost three friends. Uh, to diarrhea, and there was no nurse, no doctors, no midwife, no hospital. I was not sure what the doctors mean at that time. You know, just imagine there's no radio, there's no newspaper, there's no TV that you can see how the doctor works. Despite not understanding what exactly it meant to be a doctor, Dr. Sasa was determined he was going to be one. He walked through the jungle for weeks just to reach the city of Yangon, where he could continue his high school studies. The physical journey itself was incredibly difficult for Sasa. Oh, you know, you can really feel the loneliness there. You know, like I thought I will, I'm going to die, and I really thought I'm going to last, and it was like we take on working, you know, on your feet. And then 
after river and valleys and mountains. So every mountain you cross, one part of your heart is gone. Every mountain you cross to reach high school, you are one mountain far from your, your mom and dad. And there's no way to communicate them. There's no phone and no post office. So it was a loneliness journey. It was pioneering. It was a kind of like you were filled, you know, you are going to another planet. Because there's so many villagers who never go out from their village, born there and died there. And they have no idea what's going on in another part of the villages. Really, it felt like I will never come back, you know. So it was a very painful journey. After you finished high school, your community did a lot to try and help you with your studies, didn't they? After I finished high school, as I said, I came to uh, India College. And then the stage when I was coming to Armenia to do my medical degree, I have no money. So my villagers, they do give me chickens, cows and pigs. So we sold them to the markets, which take like five days markets. You know, so we sold them and get the money and that was just enough for to me to buy tickets. And that's way how I was able to reach Armenia where, with their help from chickens and cows and pigs. Until Sassar returned to his village, however, there was no way for his neighbours to receive medical treatment when they needed it, unless they decided to travel miles through rough terrain. It is uh, desperate situations. You are not going to take that kind of journey unless you are ready to pay the rest of your life of the debt that you took uh, to go to hospital. So many people just don't go it. And, you know, it's too much painful to do that journey because there's no ambulance that will take you. So if you cannot uh, work by yourself for several days to go to hospital, then you need some young man to carry you by bamboo stick. You know, you will be hunky like a spider man uh, in a bamboo stick in one clothes piece. And there will be maybe four behind you and carry you from mountains to valley, valley to mountain, until they reach hospitals. Once you reach the hospital, you may not get a place to stay or you may not have the means to pay for it. For some people, it's just unthinkable. After the break, we'll hear about how a natural phenomenon that crippled the village of Leyland Pai forced Dr. Sasa to temporarily pause his studies. There was a flooding of patients to me, and I ended up looking uh, after about like 400 people one day, you know, non-stop, 24 hours. I really, I was killing myself. More on this after this short break. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. 
Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. October the 4th, 1957, and the world's press announces the miracle of the age. The Russians have successfully launched the first satellite ever to circle the Earth, and Sputnik hurtles its way into space to make a date with history that heralds the dawn of a new era. Hi. Jordan Erica Weber here, host of the Guardian's digital culture podcast, Chips with Everything. This week, we're looking at the future of space tech and plans to fill Earth's orbit with constellations of hundreds or thousands of satellites. And we ask whether we risk repeating what we've done to the Earth up in space, polluting it for technological gains. We don't do something because it's the right thing to do. If it's going to cost half as much or a third as much to deorbit a satellite as it costs you to put it up there and to, and to run it, it's not going to happen like that. To have a listen, head over to theguardian.com slash podcasts or search Chips With Everything on your favourite podcast app. Welcome back to Small Changes. I'm Lucy Lamble. Before the break, I spoke to Dr. Sasa, the founder of the Health and Hope Organisation, who has helped train hundreds of villagers from the remote region of Chin State to become community health workers. So from what you said, it, it sounds as though it was hard to even deal with an everyday illness like a common cold or, or a cough. Then, while you were studying in Armenia, something happened that only takes place every 40 or 50 years in your village. Can you just explain what happened? It is about the bamboo, and many people may not know about the bamboo nature. It's naturally, bamboo die every 50 years, and before they die, they flower, so the flowers of the bamboo were ate by um, the rats, and then something happened in the rat's body, and the rat then multiplied into millions. So just imagine you have got two million rats running around London and then coming to every house or you know getting uh, eating all the farmers' foods and the people build the house by bamboo. They use the bamboo leaf for the roof. They use the bamboo shoot for food. The bamboo die. That means your fertilizer die. That means your land die. Uh, in that part of the world, somehow I was able to communicate them through India villages and say, Dr. Sasa, now you have told us, you have to tell us, shall we exodus the whole land or not, you know, migrate to where the food is because there's no food, there's no how we can live here. So I say, Holland, I'm coming back. It was a very uh, terrible situation because uh, I saw many of them were just, you know, the, there were so many abortions taking place because of, you know, the women have no enough nutrition and that caused, you know, many, many miserable situations. So if you are lactating woman, then, then you have no more milk to produce for your, your child. And you know, the, the, the children will be crying at night and hungry. And you have got, just imagine little ones. 
and that she or he cannot understand that there is no food, and she will cry for food, and then you just cannot tell that the bamboo flower and die. So almost five thousand people are flooding to me for medical attention, said that they have got all sorts of problems, and and so I saw myself. I was just one doctor, one medic, try to help maybe. Possibly that family affect one million people at least. One of the biggest struggles for Dr. Sasa at that time was trying to get enough, if any, medical supplies to such a remote area. Worried about the doctor's own health, those at another organisation who supported Sasa, Tear Fund, managed to help secure food and medicine. So officially, Helen Hope became a charity in the UK, and in that way, we get the medical supplies, and also in that very difficult year. I was um, lucky to be invited to Clarence's house to meet Prince Charles, and then his private secretary then gets IHP, uh, International Health Partners, to give me medicine. So I was uh, bringing a lot of medical boxes from uh, Prince Charles' contacts to that victims, and then yeah, finally Baroness Cox uh, from House of Lords came w- to assess the situations. And then she asked the British government to uh, to help. And Prince Charles is still your patron, isn't he? Yeah, and we have been to, uh, uh, this time also I came because I was uh, invited <laughs> in his birthday, 70 years of birth, you know, his birthday celebration back in Palace. And it was very nice to be there. And then uh, he said, Dr. Sasa, would that be helpful for you if I became your patron? I say that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> From that then, Health and Hope was formed. So since uh, I returned back to my people in 2009, and I, as I say, there, has been, uh, there was a flooding of patients to me, and I ended up looking uh, after about like 400 people one day, you know, non-stop, 24 hours. I really, I was killing myself. And I said, this is not going to work. So Tier Fund is paying individual help me to uh, form organizations called Head and Hope. And since then, we form, uh, we built the facilities called Training Center. So I invite a boy and a girl, a man and a woman from every village. So every village is in that area. I tell them, look, I won't, I'm just one doctor. I cannot make the change to your villages. Uh, there's no road. There's no telephone. So it would be nice if you send me one man, one woman from each village, then I would train them. So I was training them. So we developed a curriculum. And I trained uh, community health workers for the last 10 years. And now we have got almost 1,000 community health workers who are working now in uh, about 500 villages and serving almost like half million populations. So... Ten years ago, so many, as I say, chai birth happened. So the church in my village started to open orphanage because so many babies became motherless. So this year, because of that training we deliver, the orphanage has been closed. It's been an incredible journey up to here for for you personally and and your country has been on a, a big journey too. What would you still like to see in the way of change? I think if everybody is treated with respect and dignity, 
in uh, in in my country it's my country is a very diverse country you know we are multinational multi population multicultural and and so there's a chain kachinshan rakhine permans so we all live it together and so i think that unity and diversity is a beautiful pictures it's like gardens where every flower bloom so i think everyone should be allowed to flower it can be a red flower it can be blue flower it can be rhododendron it can be orchids it can be rose it doesn't matter they must be allowed to flower and i think everyone in my country have a desire to flower i think the culture of cultivating loving for each other is very very powerful and i think the prosperities and all this education in health and in development all these thing if we put into the journey of love i think there's no problem that we cannot overcome and uh, there's no difficulties that we cannot overcome so i think that's what we like to see in burma loving each other you know sacrificing for each other Special thanks this week to Lucy Cox of Health and Hope UK for letting us use some of her audio for this podcast. We want to hear what you think. If you liked this episode, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and drop us a line at podcasts@theguardian.com. You can also tweet us at, at @guardianpodcasts. Small Changes is produced by Danielle Stevens. I'm Lucy Lamble. Thanks for listening. For more great podcasts from The Guardian, just go to theguardian.com slash podcasts. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.